0: Communion, the most sacred remembrance we have as followers of Christ, because he meets us in this act of worship. Our scripture is one that we are going to read today for meditation, and then we're going to study it in earnest next week. So James 2, we're in the book of James, James 2, we're going to be starting at verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters... If you say you have faith but do not have works, can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I by my works will show you my faith. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you senseless person, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was brought to completion by the works. Thus the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. What does it look like to have a dead faith? Here, James is talking about faith apart from works, arguing that faith is not possible when there is no outward action indicating that faith is alive. When someone says they believe in Jesus, we look for fruit, for evidence. Is there love, patience, self-control? We look for evidence of the Spirit and how their gifts are being used. We look to see, are they loving God with all that they are and their neighbor, as Jesus teaches us to do? If none of that is present, James says that the faith, however vibrant it it might have been before, is now dead. Now, we're going to dig into that idea next week. But I want us to think today about what it looks like when faith is dead. When does faith stop being faith? Isn't the term dead faith an oxymoron? Don't the words dead and faith contradict one another? There was a season in my life when it felt like my faith was dead. I was out of college and working here at Cliff Drive. And while everything was fine... (laughs) There were issues going on underneath the surface. I was at a time of going from a transition from student to full adult, and I was surprised by all of the stresses and unknowns involved. In addition, my mother died that year. And when a parent passes away, something primal is brought out into the open. Whether you had a good relationship or a terrible one, you can't ever make it right. It's difficult because they're gone permanently from here. I thought everything was normal until my faith in God waned to the point where it just didn't matter anymore. It just felt dead. I remember sitting in my room absolutely not caring and wondering what the heck was going on. I didn't want to read anything. I didn't want to listen to any music that would draw me close to the Lord. I certainly didn't want to talk to anybody. I was attending worship, kind of. I didn't have any anger or blaming God. It just was a simple abiding apathy, a nothingness. There was no life, and I had no interest in reviving my faith, which had been so bright not long before. Most of us, if we are honest, have had similar kinds of experiences, maybe more than once or twice in our walk with God. All of our relationships have hills and valleys where we have to work to find our feelings or take time to examine why are we in this relationship anyway. For some reason, we think our faith should be different. That somehow everything should always be great and growing. And because our faith involves being connected to God relationally, it takes work. And there are times it's going to feel like we're barely holding on. James says here that faith with no works is dead. This makes sense to us. When we stop serving others, when our activities become about ourselves instead of an outgrowth of our friendship with Jesus, simple belief can't sustain us. And we know there are many reasons why faith dies. When there is a terrible trauma and God is blamed for not stopping it. When there is deep hurt from the church. Faith dies when there is a lack of engagement with the sacred, but plenty of engagement with the secular. It dies when there is unhealed brokenness that is coupled with no hope. In spiraling addiction, in vain conceit, in prideful idolatry, faith takes a back seat. And we know that losing one's faith can happen bit by bit or because of a dramatic situation. I've outlined a few obvious situations where we have all seen this happen, but we know that losing faith is complex. It's not easy to pinpoint. James is saying here that a faith that does not give is dead. Yet there are so many reasons why our faith in God withers or becomes something that we just toss aside. Life is painful. It can be long. We change. There are so many unexpected and unwanted situations that make us question everything, including our successes and our accomplishments, which can be a catalyst for believing that we don't need God. The author G.K. Chesterton said this, when we cease to worship God, we don't worship nothing. We worship anything. In all of our moving around about who God is and who we trust, God is present. But He doesn't always show up like we want Him to. When we're led or catapulted into the wilderness and we can't find God's Spirit, our souls react strongly. And with all of the feelings we can muster, we make it known how unhappy we are, how we wish things were different. We want to go back to how it was, or we want to do-over. We certainly want a brand new landscape, anything to be out of the situation that we find ourselves in. And we find ourselves crying with the psalmist, How long, O oh Lord, will you forget about me Forever. How long will you hide your face from me? But here is the truth that we cling to everything that is dead can be brought back to life in Christ. Amen. Everything that is dead can be brought back to life in Christ. This is the radical, astounding news of the gospel. Not simply that Jesus is God. Not just that he came to teach us revolutionary ideas. Not all the good he did. We believe in him because he himself was raised from the dead. By the power of God, he was brought back to life. Which means there is always hope for us. It is the resurrection of upon which we anchor our faith. Communion is a reminder of how God through Jesus can bring a person back to him. Anything that is broken, lost, beyond repair or stuck in any way, can be brought back to vibrancy in him. He has conquered death. There is not one person's faith, no matter how unresponsive it is or how long it has been that way, that is beyond the reach of our living God. Death is never the end for those who put their trust in the Lord. We think about Mary and Martha when their brother Lazarus died from his illness. And they lamented to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, he would not have died. You would have done something. Where were you? Why were not you with us when we most needed you? Now he's gone. There's nothing we can do. And in an instant, Christ changes their reality that doesn't always happen how we want it to but with god there's always a new day there's always hope even when we can't see it and even when we say that it's not there god can always bring life out of death and he will always try to make himself real to those whose faith is dead james is telling the church to examine their lives He's telling them, find the pulse of your faith, most especially in light of their good deeds. I echo that, and I encourage you today to not lose heart for yourself or for someone in your life. God is never done with us, even when we say we are done with him. So as we come forward today, let us remember that receiving the Lord's Supper is a step of faith. To receive Christ's body is to trust that his death is for us and that we are made new again through his resurrection. He brings us back to life again and again, and he sustains us with his very body. If you are here today and your faith needs to be revitalized, Christ is here to breathe new life into you. If you come today giving God praise for the times that he was with you in the darkness, for the times that he helped see you through, he is here to affirm his life in you. And if you want to pray for someone whose faith is not breathing, Christ is here to meet you, to pray with you, to intercede on behalf of that person. It is in the drinking of the cup and the eating of the bread that we find a newness that our soul needs. So may Christ meet us, making us alive in him through his resurrection power, raising us to new life. Paul reminds us, for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ will all be made alive. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, You can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.